Thank you for joining us for Redeemer Radio's share While we might not have people available to answer phones right now, depending on when you're listening to this, you can always donate online at RedeemerRadio.com slash donate. And you can find more information about share and the different hours at RedeemerRadio.com slash share And please share this podcast with your friends and family so that others can hear about the mission of Redeemer Radio and support it as well. Welcome to this hour of Redeemer Radio's Fall share I'm your host, Lisa Everett from the Diocese of Fort Wayne South Bend, a marriage and family ministry. And I'm here with members of St. John the Evangelist Parish in Goshen. So welcome, everyone. Uh, I just wanted to give a little update. Literally, as we were signing off the air for Little Flower Parish a few minutes ago, um, they reached 20 pledges. So we're qualified for another $250 bonus. So their total uh, for their hour was $24.75. So shout out again to all the listeners, especially those who were donating on behalf of Little Flower. So um, the goal for this hour for St. John the Evangelist Parish is $3,000. And I have no doubt that with your devoted parishioners who are listening will be able to reach that goal. So I'm joined here in the studio with Amanda Waddell with the women's, uh, the mom's group at St. John the Evangelist, also obviously a parishioner, and Johnny Evangelista, who is a pastoral associate at the parish, and then George and Don Fatal, who teach RCIA and are also parishioners, I assume. So welcome, everyone. Very happy to have you here in our studio. Uh, Again, a reminder to our listeners, you can call or text the word GIVE to the number 260-436-9598, or you can go to RedeemerRadio.com, or if you have the Redeemer radio app. But let's do our best to reach that $3,000 goal. Well, we're going to have quite an engaging conversation, I think, in the next hour about all the good things going on at St. John the Evangelist. Well, I was on your website and looked at a few bulletins just to get a sense for myself what's going on and that that I could have an intelligent conversation about with all of you. But I saw your parish fall festival is tomorrow. So would you like to speak about that again and let our listeners know what's going on? Yes, yeah, so we are going to host our fall festival tomorrow, September 18th. It will mm-hmm. be from 3 p.m. until 9 p.m. And it will just be more like a fellowship, kind of build community. Uh, both communities Wonderful. will be um, working there, assisting us with different foods and games and entertainment. Uh, so everyone is welcome. So if you're hearing us now, and if you're going to be close to Goshen, um, okay. <laughs> I encourage you to come and enjoy some food um, and some, yeah, friendship. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, I, and I think, Johnny, the reason that they planned it this way was we knew that all of our parish would donate all of their money and they probably need a free meal. Yeah. So if they could just <laughs> open right. up their That's purses right. and wallets for a great cause. And we've got a meal and entertainment covered tomorrow night, right? Right. That's so, awesome. And the other goal besides the money, my wife said, just uh, make sure you don't say something stupid today. So yeah. other than that. <laughs> That's right. So Thank what you. you would have spent on your dinner tomorrow, please donate to Redeemer Radio on behalf of St. John the Evangelist and get a free meal at their festival tomorrow. That's all. And so this, just to clarify, is this this is open to anybody outside your parish who right. happens to be in Goshen or would like to make the drive to Goshen right. to join you yes. all. And and obviously one of the beautiful features of your parish is it's a bicultural, bilingual community. And so I assume that will be very much on display at the fall festival, right? With yes. music, food, and all that. Johnny, Wonderful. I heard there's going to be a dunk tank. Is there really going to be a dunk tank? Ooh. There will be a dunk tank, and I am hoping that uh, Father Logan, our associate 
pastor will definitely be uh, joining in. As in sitting in the dunk tank? As in sitting in the dunk tank. Because so, what else would a new priest want to do right. besides sit in the dunk tank and right. the first yeah. parish to which he's assigned? So I come out. My kids are excited about the That's dunk sweet. tank. That's sweet. That is going to uh, to attract a lot of attention. Good, good sport, Father Logan. Awesome. <laughs> Glad to hear that. Oh, that's so fun. Um, so yes, and what is, is it must be have been a neat experience for your parish to have a brand new priest, right? Just ordained in June, assigned to your parish. Yeah, what a blessing. Uh, he, so. He's great with kids. He came over to our house for dinner and played uh, kickball with them. And he did cartwheels across the home plate, which oh, my goodness. tickled them to no end. So he's just a lot of fun. Oh, that's And I think he's the oldest in his family of yeah. like 10 kids. So yeah. he has a lot of experience yeah. entertaining younger children. So and I I'm mentioned, sure the parish will put that to good use. I mentioned to Amanda the other day that, that I said he... When you see him, you can see the joy of Christ in him. And I said, he is on his honeymoon. You can mm. tell that he is recently ordained. He's just fantastic, has a good, uh, a great shepherd's heart. So that's why. And you know what? I realized we forgot to start the hour with prayer. So let's take a pause now and lift up everyone, including both of your beautiful priests to the Lord. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, thank you for this day. Um, thank you for the beautiful spirit and work of Redeemer Radio that we're privileged to be a part of. Thank you for St. John the Evangelist Parish and all of the people who know you, come to know you better and feel your love, Lord, through the work of everyone at the parish. And we lift up especially Father Royce and Father Logan, who are not able to be here in the studio and all the work that they do. And everyone who is here in the studio with their own roles and ministries in um, making the life of your church in Goshen um, vibrant and attractive and um, a blessing to all those in that area. And we ask this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, something that I saw that I thought was so beautiful that I want to do with my own grandchildren um, on your, I think it was your parish bulletin or website, was the Boxes of Joy yeah. program. I thought that, so would someone like to describe how sure. that came about and, and what that looks like in your parish in case someone else would like to do it or import it to their parish? I do think a little flower, actually. They did it last year, at least. Oh, as well. okay. So two years ago, I did what you're not supposed to do when you can't sleep, and I looked at my phone, and I, <laughs> I went to catholicmom.com, where I'm, I'm a contributor there as well. And I was just looking at the articles, and someone wrote about this Box of Joy program, and it's through Cross Catholic Outreach, a Catholic organization. And it's you probably have heard of it. People fill shoebox-sized boxes with okay. things these kids need in impoverished countries, especially... Um, in the Caribbean, but other areas, um, with like school supplies or toys or toiletries, things like that. And but they add a rosary to every box, oh, and they beautiful. add a book on the life of Jesus to every oh, box. Wow. And the deadline to sign up was that night at midnight, and I had about fifteen minutes. Oh to my decide. goodness! So it's providential that you couldn't <laughs> yeah, sleep, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I went ahead and signed up. I thought, well, my mom's group can probably do ten boxes, and I felt the Holy Spirit say. 100. And I thought, oh my, oh my goodness, goodness. You are dreaming too small, uh, yeah, Amanda. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, oh, could we? I don't know. So every box costs $9 just for shipping and the rosary and the book. And I thought, are we going to be on the hook for $900 if I can't get people oh to fill it? Oh my goodness. 100? But I did it. And in the morning, 
when Tom, my husband, woke up and I told him what I had done, and he said, "Good job, honey." So <laughs> you should not be able to sleep more often. Yeah, See how exactly. productive you are. So just by a bunch of obstacles, people in our parish came together, and we actually filled 148 boxes. Oh my goodness! And then the last year, which was of course the COVID year, we still got 125, I think, something like that. So this year, our big goal is 250 boxes. Wow. That is our goal, and you don't have to go to St. John's to participate. You can just call the office. We can get boxes to you. Uh, it is so much fun. People love Beautiful. doing it. Like you said, you can do it with yes. your kids, your grandkids. Yes. And it is often the only Christmas gift these kids ever yes. will have. You put a photo in of your family oh, and beautiful. tell them that you're praying for them. So that's And beautiful. Amanda is more humble than me. I'll talk more about myself as, <laughs> as we go on here in this hour. By the way, you may want to take the microphone away from me. But, uh, but no, Amanda, actually, uh, they were awarded the, oh. I believe, the Knights of Columbus. Um, what? Describe it. Well, what? So our so we got our school children involved to bring in stuff for the boxes. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, it's hard to get $9 a box. Mm-hmm. So our school children did, I think, 25 boxes. And the Knights of Columbus stepped up and paid for the $9 per oh, box for the shipping. wonderful. So they were just, you know, filling out their inventory of what they did. The state Knights of Columbus Council was so impressed and had not heard about it that they asked for more information and then gave them a state award for like family service or some, oh, some kind of award. Beautiful. Now the state Knights of Columbus of Indiana has asked the Knights of Columbus across Indiana to fill 4,000 oh boxes. So you have exported the program yeah, then just throughout yeah. the whole so state. 4,000. So if we could do wow. that, that would be fantastic. That's beautiful. No, it is very appropriate that you guys were recognized for that effort. Mm-hmm. That was great. Oh, so. It was- and, and I know the Knights yes. of Columbus, they were, you know, they felt great to be recognized at our local chapter as well. So. Wonderful. By the way, we have our first pledge from Rachel Cobb. Um, so and I wanted to point out that every 10 pledges on this hour will gain us a $500 bonus. Oh, wonderful. So let's get busy, people. Thank <laughs> so you, Rachel. Call or text yeah, your you. friends again, 260-436-9598. Um, to support the work of Redeemer Radio. So, so many great things going on in your parish. Um, would you would you like um, Dawn and George to talk a little bit about the RCIA program and and what you are seeing in terms of um, interest in, in the faith and especially coming out of um, all of the restrictions and difficulties of the pandemic? Yeah, we've, well, this is our ninth year. And, uh, you know, the first year we, at least speaking for myself, you're, you're always worried who's going to show up. Mm -hmm. And then you soon realize that, you know, the Holy Spirit will do his job bringing people to you. And then our job is to share the truth of our faith. And, uh, and so it's been an excellent experience. Uh, we've, uh, last year we had four catechumens and four candidates in our English RCIA. And this year we have, eight candidates. So we don't have any catechumens, but, mm-hmm. uh, um, but it's always just a joyful experience watching people grow in their faith. Do you want to explain for our listeners who might not be aware of the distinction between the candidates and the catechumens, just to give a little education that way? The catechumen uh, is, would be those who have never been baptized. And when you think in terms of a candidate, it would be someone, say, who was raised at, in the Methodist faith or as, mm-hmm. a, as a Protestant Christian who then would like to come into full communion with the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. So um, and we have several also that might have been baptized and were really not exposed to the faith on a regular basis, attending mass regularly. And it's also a joy to see them come in and receive their sacraments of 
communion and confirmation mm-hmm. and, and watch them grow in their faith as well. What a so. privilege to be part of that whole process. And do you team teach or how do you how do you as a couple work in terms of the RCIA? So well, we do team teach. We try, we uh, use the Symbolon videos. It's oh, yes. uh, part of the, is it the Augustine Institute they're produced by? Yes. And then we kind of take turns teaching. Father Gregerson also helps us okay. teach, you know, maybe once a month or so. And I'm sure we'll get into it over the course of this hour, but I think we make a good team because I always felt the love of Christ in my heart, in my family, and my parents showed us love. We had a you know, quintessential Catholic family. My mom's name was Mary. My sister's name was Mary. We went to church faithfully. But it wasn't until I moved down to Goshen, Indiana, and found out that I was a minority. You know, when I was in school, all the ki- all my friends were Catholic. Mm-hmm. So we just never talked about it. It was just mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm Catholic. Kind of taken for granted. Right. Yeah. Then I moved down to Goshen, and it's like, well, George, have you been saved? Um, have I been saved? Have you, do you accept Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior? And I'm reflecting back on my childhood and I'm thinking, yeah, we had Jesus in our church. But, you know, what was interesting is I really did not own my faith. I didn't understand my faith. And so mm-hmm. I really, it was difficult for me to give any type of theological answer to why I believed what I believed. So what initially sort of hurt and offended me, uh, later, really, I appreciate mm, was the, the impetus of those who questioned me, to, right? Mm-hmm. And then God has a sense of humor and introduces <laughs> me to a Bible reading evangelical from, you know, the Napanee, Indiana area. Oh, my so. goodness. That's awesome. Do you want to speak at all, Don, about your journey? Well, yeah. And when he says God has a sense of humor, because when we met, I, I thought he was Catholic and I, when I, I should better be better phrase. I was afraid he was Catholic (laughs) and my upbringing, just to put in perspective, I was part of a a family that I have an uncle that moved out to New Hampshire to save the Catholics. So I I grew up with a lot of anti-Catholic bias. Mm -hmm. And so I just, you know, I can't thank the Lord enough. We had a situation come up recently that we, you know, talking with someone else from a Christian church who just didn't really understand Mm -hmm. the Catholic faith. And I was telling George, it's been such a grace because when we met, it was suggested that I would attend RCA just to find out kind of what the church teaches. And I secretly, what I thought was, here's my chance to prove to him why the Catholic church is wrong. Uh. And even though I had been (laughs) attending mass on the weekends and thought, wow, this really isn't what I thought it was going to be. They actually read the Bible and it's very, it's been very... All the myth busting, uh, yeah. Yeah, right. And so so when I went to RCAA, it was interesting because I would sit there each week and then we'd get together afterwards. We'd talk about it, have a cup of coffee or something. And I'd be like, you know, that was really meaningful. I really mm. learned a lot at that session. And then mm-hmm. and as the year progressed, I was like, oh boy. I think I'm going to become Catholic. And so now I'm just so thankful for that gift, the gift of the Catholic Church and the way that I've grown through the Catholic Church. And so that's what kind of led us to RCA. We thought we'd Mm -hmm. have kind of an interesting perspective to bring to the different Mm -hmm. people coming into class. And if Lisa Klaska, who's now Lisa Marino, she was the perfect teacher for Dawn uh, over at St. Vincent's. It was sort of cute. Dawn decided to go to St. Vincent's just in case she rejected this journey of Catholicism that she didn't want to attend our parish at the time. But Dawn, I'm going to set you up here for one quick story. Why don't you share with them my Bible knowledge that you know, I'm willing to 
Oh boy, you, know, you want me to share this on air? And shout out to shout out to Lisa Marino, right. who is a friend of mine and a beautiful oh, representative yes. and communicator of the faith. Oh, yeah. she's Absolutely. so lovely. Yeah. I can't thank Lisa enough. Um, yeah, we were our first. You really want me to share yes, this story? No, our first, I'm willing to humiliate myself. <laughs> our here, first evening okay. out to dinner, um, we were talking. It was it was near Christmas time, and he was telling me how uh, this year for Christmas, my nieces and nephews are going to put on a Christmas play for my parents. We're going to have you know Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus and all the shepherds and so forth. He says, yeah, I was, I was thinking of going to the library to, little, to do a little more research so I could get the story straight. And I was thinking to, my, to myself, <laughs> like, the library? Oh, boy, he's Catholic. Like, How about the Bible? Bible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so we laugh about that now that I was like, that was a dead giveaway right there. But I've I, come a long way, baby. Yes, right. right. And I've come to, I've come yes. to know now that's not true at the Catholic Church, though. Right. And I would say that um, well, you were grateful for the Catholic Church. You brought—I mean, I was. Make sure you're in the mic. Oh, just I was okay. Protestant too, and also converted with my husband. But um, you, there's just a lot to be learned as well. Like your dedication to Bible reading, for example, is something that's not always found among. Sure, all no, there's you know, things that we can learn from each other as so members wanna, of different yeah. Christian faiths. Oh, thank yes, you. yeah. Oh, thank that's you, wonderful. No. Again, a reminder to our listeners: um, our goal for the hours. $3,000. So we need to call in the pledges here. Yeah. Speaking of calling in and possibly, hopefully helping us bring up those numbers, we have somebody on the phone. If you would like to say hello, maybe. Oh, hi, hi Father Royce. What a nice surprise. Thank you for joining us. Wonderful. So we... We've, we've covered quite a bit of ground so far. We talked about your parish festival. I don't know if you've been listening all along. Um, wonderful. And I want to give you a chance. What would you like to say? And I, I, I'm hearing feedback, too. I'm not sure if that's right. Um, if our listeners are hearing that, it's just me. Okay. But, Father, please, you have the floor. So if you, We're involved in so many different ways, and I feel like because we're in a, you know, we're talking about these kind of conversion stories because we're in a such a non-Catholic area uh, mm -hmm. here in Elkhart County um, that we have, we have a lot of converts in our parish and a lot of people who are who are really involved in different ways in parish life for themselves, converts or reverts to the faith, and um, it's just yeah, one of one of the really neat things about about this parish, that intentional dedication that mm -hmm. people who've converted to the Catholic faith have. That's beautiful. And if, I wanted to ask you, Father, um, what, and not to put you on the spot, but I thought it'd be an interesting question. Like, has something been very surprising to you in your ministry so far as a priest? You know, that that's something that the Lord has delighted your heart with in being a shepherd that maybe you weren't expecting. Hmm. Um, well, definitely. I mean, I, I came into the priesthood knowing that, that I spoke Spanish <laughs> um, and that, mm -hmm. you know, ministry in a kind of Hispanic uh, context was, was likely given the demographics of our diocese and, and my, you know, mm -hmm. linguistic capabilities. Um, so 
you know, I, I knew there was a possibility, but just like everything connected with that and uh, just just how different some of those those cultures are and the richness that's that's present there. Um, yeah, I've had to push myself and grow in ways that I didn't didn't really expect. Mm-hmm. I can imagine it's like a, a parent, right? <laughs> <laughs> you have yeah. some idea of what to expect. And then at the time and when it unfolds, you're like, this was not quite what I expected. I, and I'm going to grow and, and hopefully do some good for the people here entrusted to my care. That's awesome. And what has it been like having a brand new priest now as your associate? It must be fun. Yeah, it's been exciting. Um, just there's there's something about um, and this is the second time I've been able to have um, have one of the uh, newly ordained priests come here to our parish, um, but uh, yeah, both times just seeing the uh, the joy that they have and the, like the the surprise and the discovery, you know, that, that's mm-hmm. present there and getting to relive kind of with with them some of those you know moments of of discovery of the first times living through different different circumstances ministering in different ways um, is just, yeah, reminds me of the joy that I take in my own priesthood as well. I can imagine. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to describe it. I just want to remind our listeners again that our goal for the hour is $3,000 and any amount helps. Don't worry, it's too little. All of those count towards your contribution toward the parish. And for every 10 pledges, we'll get an extra $500, which is nothing to sneeze at. That's a lot of money. I also wanted to mention that um, it costs approximately $120 an hour for each hour of programming of Redeemer Radio to be on the air. So it's a huge cost, right, really per hour. But think of the investment in how many people are touched by the work of Redeemer Radio, its programming, and all of the things to reach people through the airwaves with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So again, a a great investment in the work of the church in our local area. But I wanted to clarify that while this is a Catholic apostolate, it is not funded by the diocese. (laughs) It's supported by the diocese. So sometimes people mistakenly think, oh, I'll give to the bishop's appeal and they give to organizations like Redeemer Radio. That is not not the case. It's fully supported by Bishop Rhodes and the diocese, but the funding is completely independent. So again, the need for people like you listening on this share to donate to continue the good work of Redeemer Radio. Oh. Johnny, would you like to speak more about your role as pastoral associate and the things you're responsible for? Yes. So... I am responsible or in charge of the young adults in our parish, and I work with both communities, English and Spanish. So that has been a blessing and a challenge. Yes. Yeah. uh, I also am in charge of the high school youth groups. We currently have three small groups. Oh, wow. Yes. So two girls and one boys. Okay. So they're single gender. Right. Okay. And then I am also in charge of the altar service society at our parish, both communities as well. So... It's kind of been a challenge for me uh, to recruit uh, guys who are interested in serving a mass. Um, then I'm also in charge of like activities and different um, anything really that Father Royce uh, would like to Needs initiate, start, implement at the parish. It's been a blessing. Um, 
and after being in seminary for seven years, I have um, all that I learned and all that I acquired through like my studies and prayer. I can finally just implement that into my life and to the life of others. I feel like I am receiving so many blessings from parishioners and people every day. Um, so that's one thing that I love the most, that every week or every day it's different. Yesterday I had a conversation with someone who um, would like to become Catholic, Sydney from Goshen. She is uh, in her late 20s, and she just like was wondering, hey, I would like to become Catholic. I need more information. Tell me what to do. Can I attend mass? Mm. What do I need to wear? So like just like, all these questions, like just basic questions. So we met yesterday um, at St. John's and like we had a very fruitful conversation mm -hmm. regarding the faith. And she was just curious, like, wow, like I have a lot of Catholic friends mm -hmm. and that's and they told me that they feel at peace when they go to mass and they oh, receive Jesus. Beautiful. And then she was like, wait, what about the readings? And I'm like, oh, well, the readings, they're universal, right? So, because she was talking about her friend in Virginia. She's like, oh, she heard the same readings that oh. I did? Like, yes, yeah, like Pope Francis, right, our bishop, discovery. everyone. She's like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. So she's like very excited. And I told her about RCIA, that it was an option. So, uh, yeah, just like people that I meet every day, mm -hmm. different stages of life. Um, have and, been a blessing for me. And the importance, as you're showing, of those personal conversations. And and same with you, George and Don. I mean, how many times it's the personal witness of our faith and answering someone's sincere questions in a way that is respectful and, and dignified and able to enter into a really a conversation that is benefits both people, really. Yeah. Johnny, <clears throat> did she mention... Why, what was it recently that uh, triggered her desire to become a Catholic or to attend Catholic Mass? Well, she has, like I said, I mentioned, she has this friend who's Catholic. And she's been wanting to go back to a church. But I think something happened at her previous church that, that she did not like, I guess. So she's been wanting more, like a profound relationship. Because, you know... Unfortunately, there's all these like denominations who are like superficial level, but she she wants something deeper. Um, and then talking with with her friend in Virginia and asking her for guidance, she said, "Well, try this out. You know, okay. you have nothing to lose." Right. And we're gonna take a quick break, but before that, I wanted to mention a shout out to Amber Mascola, Yvonne Malt. Mr. and Mrs. David Brunswick. So we have four pledges so far. One more to get the $500 bonus. So while we're at our mid-hour break here, please call or text the numbers 260-436-9598. You can give sustaining support to Redeemer Radio by becoming a recurring donor. Ongoing contributions help to reduce our dependence on Sherathon and allow us to focus on programs and future needs. Your recurring donation can be automatically charged to a credit or debit card or transferred from a bank account. I came back to my faith in my mid-20s, and so for the period of time that I was not practicing, I feel like I missed out on a lot, a lot of 
learning and enrichment and understanding the Catholic viewpoint. So Redeemer Radio and its programming helps me. I feel like I'm catching up and and it, it just fills my brain and heart with so many wonderful things to keep me thinking throughout the day. Redeemer Radio programs accompany listeners at every stage of their faith journey. For men and women raised in the faith and those searching for the fullness of the truth, our programming has something for everyone. Your donation helps bring the truth of the Catholic faith to listeners 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It costs about $120 to provide Redeemer Radio listeners with one hour of Catholic programming. All donors who give this amount or more automatically qualify for a specially designed t-shirt. Call today and support Redeemer Radio's efforts to amplify the voice of the Creator with content that invites. Welcome back to the St. John the Evangelist Hour of Power for Redeemer Radio's Fall Sherathon. I'm your host, Lisa Everett, and we're joined with four members of St. John the Evangelist Parish in Goshen. I wanted to update that for the second half of the hour, we will get a $500 bonus for every five pledges. So a big incentive, right? So um, we're hoping that by the end of the hour, we will reach our goal of $3,000. So please, listeners, um, call, text your friends. Again, the number is 260-436. And Father, you're still on the line, I know. So glad that you are with us as well. I wanted to ask about, um, I know that you have a food bank at your parish and I wondered how like that fared during the pandemic. And I, I imagine that was a lifeline to some people. So I just assume, again, I was, I just went on your parish website and bulletin to see the kinds of outreaches and things that you did. So we'll just assume that that was another way of showing God's love and mercy with that corporal work of mercy during the pandemic. But I know you also have, um, many groups for parishioners. And I know, Amanda, you're involved with the moms group. So would you like to share a little bit about your ministry with the moms group at Absolutely. the parish? Absolutely. We'd love to have more moms join us, too. We meet uh, the second and fourth Tuesday of the month from about 1015 to noon. Uh, the first priority is uh, being a support to one another as we're mm-hmm. trying to raise kids in, in this world. Um, we also discuss living the liturgical year, trying to figure oh, out how wonderful. to celebrate the church calendar in your own home. Mm-hmm. And it gives the kids a place to come and play together and enjoy Catholic fellowship. So um, love the moms who come. We've become kind of a prayer support group for Wonderful. one another as well. Wonderful. And is this just open to women in the parish? Absolutely. Yes. It's okay. open to Any, our, Even if you're not Catholic, you can come okay. join us. Just, just so our listeners know if somebody yeah. outside yeah. of the parish shows up, that would be fine. So we, we tend to talk about, we, try, we start with prayer and then we talk about some kind of topic that would be useful for really um, about anyone. But our last one was like, how to be in the world, but not of it mm. when you've got kids. Mm-hmm. Because one thing for you is nothing if you've got your, you know, eight-year-old there. Exactly. Um, or maybe the role of emotions in our lives. Like, your emotions are not your truest self, but the mm-hmm. culture will tell you that it is. Mm-hmm. Or they'll tell you that emotions are, you know, like compassion is a feeling, but compassion is really an action. Mm-hmm. So we talk about how can you live that out in your domestic church. That's wonderful. So a different topic each yep. each meeting, and you meet twice a month. That's beautiful. Yeah. When I was a young mom, somebody gifted us with a book called A Continual Feast, and it was a cookbook 
for celebrating the feasts of the church throughout the liturgical year with recipes from all over the world. So it was a fun way as a family to make maybe a recipe from Slovakia to celebrate this particular saint. And then you're introducing your children to different cultures as well as and, and showing that people all over the world are celebrating these same feasts, Amazing. just like that young woman being surprised that that person in Virginia was listening to the same readings that we were in Goshen, Indiana. So the universality of the church. And the kids remember that. Yeah. I mean, you can talk to them <laughs> and <laughs> in one ear and out the other. But so a friend of, you know, one of the ladies in the mom's group for the exaltation of the cross, which mm. we just passed that mm -hmm. she made rice krispies in the shape of a cross. Exactly. And they'll Perfect. talk about that for, you know, a year. Exactly. And they'll want to do it next year. Exactly. That's a great idea. <laughs> I mean, keep that in mind for the grandkids yeah. next year. Yeah. So if anyone's interested, we have the Feast of the Archangels coming up on the 29th. So for that, you might learn the prayer, the St. Michael prayer, mm -hmm. if you don't know it, or the Angel of God prayer, or you might make angel-shaped cookies. And if all else fails, get ice cream out of the freezer. Exactly. Fine. Ice cream always yeah. works, right? Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to mention um, Father Royce, who's no longer on the phone with us, but he just made a donation. So thank you very much, Father Royce. Um, a shout out as well to Darlene and Terry Lights. So we're six pledges. So we hit the first $500 bonus. So yay team. So let's do it again. We need four more pledges to reach that second $500 bonus. No amount is too small. Again, call or text GIVE to 260-436-9598 or you can donate securely online at RedeemerRadio.com or through the Redeemer Radio app. So wonderful. So speaking of uh, life at the parish, anyone else who's here around the table want to talk about anything else you're involved with at the life of the parish or anything with your own faith journey, maybe how Redeemer Radio has impacted you or anyone you know um, in a personal way? I will say that I was thrilled when I found out that Redeemer Radio, I was a big fan of EWTN watching uh, the television network. And when I heard that Redeemer Radio would be right in our area, uh, I was thrilled because in many cases, we have people that will come into RCIA and they will already have a passion to become Catholic rather than mm. just exploring uh, similar to what my wife mentioned earlier. What is Catholicism all about? There are many people that are already catechized by listening to Redeemer Radio. So I, for one, can say that anyone out there listening that is not donated, if you can donate, this is just a tremendous ministry, uh, especially in our uh, area and our community uh, to really spread the word and, and uh, allow some of the misinformation out there, um, you know, about Catholicism to, to uh, be shared out there. It's uh, uh, so it's been a wonderful thing. So yeah, absolutely. I, I wanted to share that I know someone personally who became a Catholic from a Protestant anti-Catholic background by listening to Redeemer Radio. Wow. And she goes to her parish. Awesome. She's a dear friend of mine. And she said I could share her story. Okay. Which is she commuted 30 or 40 minutes away. This was maybe five years ago. I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, and she said, like, there was some kind of political event happening. And she was just scanning the radio. And she came across these two people who were talking about it very... Um, she thought the very insightful way, mm -hmm. and she did not know it was Catholic radio. And so for three days, she drove back and forth. <laughs> oh, my god! She listened to it and just grew to appreciate what these people had to say. And then she realized it was Catholic radio. And so 
um, she started like reading books secretly on her Kindle so her family would not know oh what was goodness. going on. But she said one thing I thought was so interesting. You and I can evangelize face to face, which is really important. But she said Catholic radio was helpful for her because she could just shut off, shut it off if she got angry, you know, mm-hmm. and then take a time to reflect on what she heard and then turn it back on when point. she was yeah. ready. And so I think it's a medium that is really, really needed in the world today. Mm-hmm. And when, when we're at different places in our spiritual journey, I mean, the Lord will provide those means, whether it's a face-to-face conversation or Catholic radio or who knows what, to be able to meet us where we are and draw us into a deeper relationship with him and his church. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful story. Wonderful. Um, Johnny, would you like to share kind of maybe what of all the things you're responsible for at the parish? Is there something that, that really speaks to your heart or that you really are focused on? Um in the next few months? Yeah, so one of the projects for me is just the young adult group, mm. um, just building character, building community among uh, our young adult community. And one of the things I'm excited is we are going to start or help St. Vincent's in Elkhart start a group. So Wonderful. I was talking with Father Ben Landrigan, mm-hmm. um, another newly ordained New priest, priest right? one of former classmates of mine. And we were, are so excited because... That there are so many young adults in that parish, and and we were like, well, how can we reach out to mm-hmm. them? What can we do? And after like talking to him and having lunch, we finally decided that we are going to um, promote this event at his parish for two weeks, two weekends, and then hopefully meet on the twenty seventh of this month uh, for the first time. Because I mean, COVID happened and everything, so sure. a lot of things got cold, and we're starting to, you know keep things up here yeah, at our parishes. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it's just a, a wonderful opportunity for us to build fellowship among just like young adults and our both our, of our parishes. Cause we're so close. We're like 20 mm-hmm. minutes away. Mm-hmm. So it's almost can, like sister parishes. Yeah, sister parishes. So we're very excited for that. Um, another thing I'm just very excited is just meeting with people mm-hmm. on a daily basis, just talking and just walking with them. Uh, along their faith journey mm-hmm. that has been a blessing for me and i think just praying every day and just like letting the holy spirit guide me you know what should be done next like we talked about our fall festival mm-hmm. i prayed about it a lot I'm like what should we do when can we have it uh what should we have mm-hmm. why are we having it right it's not just oh i have all these ideas and i'm just gonna tell father royce what do you think right. like that's awesome but at the same time we i get to pray and like ask the holy spirit like where did you want us to mm-hmm. you know, lead our parish? Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes all the difference, doesn't it? When we're it letting does. God guide us through yeah. the Holy Spirit right. instead of just coming up with our own ideas, however good they might be, but they're not going to bear the fruit that the Lord wants unless it's led by him. And I yeah. think that on my faith journey, um, you know, Dawn and I had a conversation when we started RCIA and, you know, with me, it was the intellectual aspect of RCIA mm-hmm. that really allowed me to have a change of heart in really understanding the golden thread that works through the Old Testament into the New Testament. And that really, once I was properly catechized, really, truly understanding my faith and the beauty of, of the various sacraments available to us uh, for these gifts that Christ gave the church and gave us. And, uh, and but I would say that, so we, we talked about the fact that it's important to take that head knowledge, but if mm-hmm. if we do not take it to our heart, then, uh, you know, then we're not doing our job. So, um, but, uh, but prayer has been essential as well. And, and I still, 
learned from my lovely wife with prayer, it's like you realize that not only does God, you know, want to have a relationship with us, but it's amazing how even in some ways that we may not think of asking and he'll deliver. Just one simple story is uh, I aerate lawns part time each fall. Uh, call 1 800. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, this is Redeemer Radio. This is here. a mixed oh, message sorry. here. Wait a yeah, minute. got my radio voice out there. And uh, so we needed an aerator. Our aerator or our trailer was stolen. And so oh, I was oh. getting near crunch time, needed to have the trailer. And they were very hard to come by. And so uh, I, for some reason, just didn't think of saying a prayer. You know, please, Lord, help me find this trailer. So I'm out one day and I didn't tell my wife and all of a sudden I see something online for a trailer on the other side of town. So I immediately make arrangements to go over there and I go over there and not only did I find the exact trailer that I wanted, but it was at a cost significantly less than what the market was uh, showing at that particular time. So on the way home, I call my wife, honey, you wouldn't believe it. I found a trailer. And she says to me, well, yeah, I just prayed to the Holy Spirit that, that he would oh, help us find a trailer. <laughs> so I immediately, uh, you know, apologized mm-hmm. to God and thanked mm-hmm. him in the appropriate mm-hmm. way for giving us that gift. But just little simple ways like that, that that you can see God working in your life and, and uh, it's, it's touching. You yes. Know? I, I remember years ago when I first started working for the diocese, we were doing a coalition to get better kind of sex education in the public schools. It was promoting abstinence and all the right things. And at one of our first meetings, it was a a lovely young woman who was from another Christian faith. And we just met for coffee in a restaurant. And she just, before we began our conversation, she just started praying out loud from her heart. And I was so moved and it was so foreign to my experience of being raised as a Catholic to have someone pray in their own words out loud in a public place. And it was just that, that intuition and instinct to just lift up whatever you're doing to the Lord that I, I really learned from this Protestant friend. Um, and I assume, so obviously, Don, he saw that and that was your habit in how you were raised. And so again, there's things that we can learn about living in Christ from each other. Um, well, and, and I, speaking of that, I, you know, I know that in RCIA, purgatory and the Blessed Mother are two major obstacles. But speaking of pray, uh, faith and prayer, Dawn, if you could share the story of of the Blessed Mother as it relates to our twin boys, I think. Uh, Can I just while she's gathering her thoughts, if I could just interject and update everyone. So a shout out to Monica Reidenauer. We have now twelve hundred dollars with the bonus so far. So eight pledges. We need two more to get the second $500 bonus. And a pledge also just came in from Tom Woodiel. So as we're preparing to hear this beautiful story um, that Don is going to share, please, two more pledges to get us that second $500 bonus. Don, please share us. Yeah, it is amazing your story. Uh, how the Lord works in our life. And I think I think the beautiful thing when you were saying about the Lord brought this person to your life that that prayed for you. At such a time that that maybe it was a time that you were receptive to hearing mm-hmm. that, right? That, um, and George and I, as we, we as we think reflect back on our uh, faith journeys, um, as he mentioned, the Blessed Mother was a bit of a challenge for me to accept that our, we actually have a Blessed Mother in heaven intercede in our behalf. Mm-hmm. So, oh boy, this story gets me choked up. So. So when we were fairly new to the faith, when I was fairly new to the faith, I should say, I decided to try this out, you know, and I said, okay, I'm going to go to my room and I'm just going to pray for the Blessed Mother's intercession, right? And and as I was praying, I saw this 
picture of a baby boy flashed into my head. And so I said, oh my goodness, what is that? And and she said, well, that's going to be your baby boy someday. <clears throat> to which I responded at the time, I didn't really understand the full teachings of the church. And I was telling George, like, I don't think I want to have children because I just am afraid to become a parent, this and that. Mm-hmm. And so all that to say, I was adamant we're not having children. And then this baby flashed to my head and I said, well, this can't be because we're not going to have children. And oh then my goodness. the image would come to mind over the years and then... One day, as we decided to teach um, RCA, we were going to the program at uh, Holy Cross College, and we decided at the time we were contracepting, and I really didn't understand the beauty of uh, uh, theology of the body and just letting God run your marriage, so to speak. And Mm -hmm. so we decided, I told George, I think God is calling me to give up control over my life, and if we're supposed to have children. Oh, my goodness. Now I'm getting jumped up. My goodness. (laughs) Then we will. So... Long story short, uh, many months later, we found out I was expecting. This was after a tragic passing of my father, and and uh, and I just knew we were having a boy. And not only that, but I knew it was going to be twin boys. So, so oh uh, we had gone to the doctor, and the doctor would say, "Oh no, you're just having, you know, one baby." And I told George, "I think it's twins." And yeah, sure enough, we went to the, for an ultrasound on his birthday and found out that that we were going to have. She said, do you want to know the sex of the baby or babies? And I said, oh, boy, it's twins. (laughs) And so it was on my birthday was the day of the ultrasound. And I was nervous because I was going to be an older father. Uh, But that day was a big day because that made it sort of fun. I was like, wow, not only are we going to have uh, a boy, (laughs) but we're going to have twin boys. And then everyone, we bring them home Christmas Day. So, you know, God always exceeds expectations. Wow. And uh, and Dawn is a wonderful mother. So thank you. That's I such think, a beautiful story. Thank you for speaks, sharing that. Thank you. I think I think it just really speaks to the providence of the of the Catholic Church. I feel like sometimes we don't understand why would the church ask something mm-hmm. of us, but God always has His reasons, mm-hmm. and I think it's just so beautiful. I just am so thankful for the gift of the, of the Catholic Church. And as George said, you know, we've grown so much through Redeemer Radio and EWTN. I think. It's such a grace to have in our day and age. These gifts. Thank you so much. I especially appreciate that story as director of marriage and family ministry and someone who promotes natural family planning and theology of the body. That's it. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. And who knows whose hearts were touched by your sharing in such a real and vulnerable way on the air. And this is this is what Redeemer Radio is all about, right? Is giving a space, even in a virtual way, right, for people to hear the good news and how God is real in our lives. And when we open the doors of our hearts to him, he will surprise us, challenge us sometimes, right? But he's never outdone in generosity. And if we just entrust ourselves to him, we are in for quite an adventure uh, in our marriages and our families and our parishes and in the world. And speaking of generosity, I'd just like to share a quick story. You know, I learned over time uh, that, you know, tithing in a sense is is an act of faith because I know that at one time I would be listening to, you know, the uh, the priest telling us we need to tithe and so on and so forth. And I would be feeling sort of guilty and, and sort of push the responsibility on, oh, they're just looking to grab more money, you know. But then you realize that, you know, we all have our possessions, but obviously we owe everything to God. And so I learned over time that that really by tithing, it's a statement of faith. 